you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Hey, everybody. Biggest bad boys of the podcasting here. I'm Matt Michael from Kansas City Steve and Simon Street. And this is three count for our week. Uh, man, it's been a crazy week. We uh, grabbed three stories here from the week and uh, talk a little bit about them. Uh, the first one is going to be coming from, uh, you know, you find wrestling news from all over, and this one is from Lakers Nation. Um, <laughs> it is entitled Lakers News, Jeannie Bus Credits Title Nine for her involvement in women of wrestling. Los Angeles Lakers Governor Jeannie Bus has been a trailblazer for women in sports, successfully running her NBA franchise in addition to the women's professional wrestling promotion, Women of Wrestling. Wow, we're short. Bus started running her father's Dr. Jerry Bus Sports Ventures in her teen years. She served as a general manager of his team tennis franchise and uh, was an owner of the roller hockey side before taking on responsibilities on the Lakers. Throughout the years, Bus has become the first female controlling owner to win an NBA championship, while WOW is now the only all-female wrestling promotion with a global reach. In an interview with The Hollywood Reporter's Christina Chuba, the six-year-old credited Title IX for inspiring her mission to develop women's sports. Quote, when I was growing up, the passage of Title IX really changed my life. When I was in high school, one day they told me, you're on the girls' golf team. And I said, I've never played golf in my life. Why am I on the team? And they said, well, because of Title IX, we can't have a boys' team unless we have a girls' team, and we'll teach you. So because of that, I got an opportunity that I would never have taken. I never even would have thought of and learned how to play a game that I'll play the rest of my life. So I knew that in my position, being a high-profile woman in sports, that people would look to me and say, how are you investing in women's sports? There are so many great collegiate athletes that participate in sports because of Title IX. It's a great for them, it's great for them because they earn a scholarship and get to play. But once their eligibility expires, what do they get to do unless they're going into the WNBA or a professional tennis player or an ice skater or something like that? There's a lot of places for women to go and participate in sports in front of their hometown. Being a businesswoman on the sports side had to be something that I would invest in that would be sustainable. That would be something that if we built would outlast me. It would be giving back something that could reward women in wrestling forever. Wrestling was the right platform to give these women an opportunity to shine and be center stage. Certainly women have been featured in wrestling before, 
But WOW is the only all-female wrestling organization. Usually women would be given the undercard match or the sideshow, never center stage. That's why I thought this is the right proper property for me to get involved in and invest my own personal money. This isn't Lakers money. This is my money. Well, Simon Street, this was your article. What is your take on Jeannie Buss and the wow uh, women of wrestling? Well, definitely, I mean, for a lot of us, if you are into good wrestling, I'm not going to say women's wrestling per se, just good wrestling. And that's what WOW has done already for uh, three seasons, if I might add. Um, I've gotten a chance to watch them a little bit more than I normally would just because I found Pluto TV because I don't have access as we talk about. But um, kind of watching them, you know, a lot of people that you see today in AEW, WWE have come from WOW. Uh, kind of like the article speaks for himself. I think it's great because when you look at an all women's promotion, you have more TV time, more opportunities for seasoning, more opportunities to be able to look back at tapes, look at tapings and see what can be improved upon. Now, whatever that means you go on to uh, bigger promotions or whatnot, at least there's a place for you to be. And uh, WOW has done a, an excellent job thus far. Uh, Jenny Buss is, is correct when she says, um, you know, there is a drop off. And, and you kind of see that in, you know, almost in the same thing we talked about many a months ago with what WWE was trying to do with, with acquisition of sports players who may have been trying to go into the pros but don't quite make it. So now they have a place to go. Well, that's even harder to do if you are a woman. As we all know, NCAA has women's sports, but there seems to be a huge, huge smaller pool that is pulled in those pro directions. And so with that being said, uh, women all alike, wow is the place you want to go. Um, I'm pretty sure we have a lot of women just in general that are in indie development that are starting to move and triple towards uh, the L.A. area to try and be a part of this promotion, and they're only getting better. Now, the one thing I want to preface really quick is that uh, you know when she says sustainable, building something that will outlast me. That is strong business. So anytime you build a business, you want it to be able to organically sustain itself. And she already seems like she's put down good infrastructure. Um, her and McLean over there, who are both uh, doing you know wild wrestling already well. I want to just really quick uh, shoot out a couple of uh, stats on their second quarter or 2022 second quarter highlights. Total revenue from the continuing operations was 176.1 million. Now it was a bit of a decrease of 5.8 million, or you could say 3% compared to the second quarter, but that's not bad. For a sustainable business, that's normally what you're gonna see a little bit. Um, pretty much the revenue that has continued operations totally of 102.6 million, an increase of 3.9 million. It's about a 4% increase compared to the second quarter of 2021. So looking at a mirror's answer for the year, they've improved. Net income is continuing operations was four, 4 million from the quarter end June 30th, 2022. And last but not least, what a lot of people have businesses, what is your net profit margin? Was 2.3% compared to 4.3 for the second quarter of 2021. So they're making better money than what they're spending. So 
Is it something that's sustainable? Yes. Is it a business model that has been successful with Jenny Buss has done? Correct. Does she come from stock? Obviously, with her father and the Lakers having to make tough decisions, which we all know she can do. It's great. Bar none, I brought up this because I've said and I've been very well spoken by saying women's wrestling is going to be the future to be able to be on par with men's wrestling. I give it at least in about seven years when Vegas bad boys are a podcasting are still doing the show and we're have smell like Ben Gay and, and taking Geritol. We're going to be talking a lot about women's wrestling and what is going on. Super excited um, to hear about this and I hope great things happen. Steve, what is your take on the difference between um, what she's saying in terms of giving the opportunities to women um, as a, opposed to what she said about uh, women's wrestling uh, having been the undercard or, you know, mid-card. And in that case, is she misleading by using that in a sense that women's wrestling was growing to its popular status that it is now within the last few years to where it's headlined WrestleMania. Um, and essentially what you're doing is you're bringing a bigger audience to a women's wrestling show. That's just all women seems to be a little bit of a, you know, using a little bit of this to make a, a point to kind of give yourself a little more of a, a rub. I, I could totally see what you're saying by that. Um, I, I really quick, I do want to pin back to something that that Street had mentioned. It's definitely going to be, I would say, in less than seven years. I think that you know we're already starting to see a a, a big seismic shift, um, and we've seen it over the last couple of years. So I don't think that it'll take seven years for us to uh, you know have a conversation how women's wrestling is the same, you know, on the same level or on the same plateau as men's wrestling. Um, I think that'll happen much sooner. Um, realistically, I, I think that, you know, ultimately this article comes off as Jeannie Buss is um, putting her best sales pitch out there. And I, I think that, again, yes, she's stating facts and then tying them back into things that help her make her case. Um, I think that, you know, it, it, it is a coincidence, if you will, that, you know, this stuff happened right at the time when WOW is doing its thing. Um, I think I don't necessarily see any kind of, uh, you know, I don't think she's being disingenuous with any of this stuff. I think that, you know, she is, you know, pulling uh, pulling facts that are out there um, and information that is out there and using that to essentially help her to build her case, you know, and, and yes, she is getting a rub from it, but realistically speaking, she should, she deserves it. She took that risk. You know, she, she's, she's taking that, that step that no one else is. Um, say what you will, 
WOW is the only major United States women's professional wrestling organization. Um, now, I know that that Shimmer has been, you know, doing its thing for quite some time, but realistically, uh, I don't I don't believe that Shimmer has the uh, the distribution platform that WOW does. Uh, I know that Simon Street, you always love to talk mess about getting access to access, um, but the fact is they are much farther ahead than any other uh, women or female centric promotion. Um, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that, yes, I think that these types of promotions can thrive. I think that this, uh, you know, the, uh, the story of, you know, the, the girls golf team and uh, how she'd never played golf in her life yet, that enabled her to play a game that she would love for the rest of her life. Um, I, I think that that can be extrapolated and, you know, things fall into place when they're supposed to fall into place. And it's, it's, it is what it is. The universe works in mysterious ways. Um, it, it's very cool to see somebody from the actual quote unquote, I'm using finger quotes for those listening um, from the actual sports world to take this kind of a leap of faith uh, like what Jeannie Buss has done, and she is definitely to be commended for sure. Yeah, um, you know, one of the things about WoW is it's been around for a while, um, and it's had its you know ups and downs with trying to find uh, an audience. Um, so, you know, going back to Simon again, saying access. Um, so in 2017, MGM Television announced that Mark Burnett. MGM's president, television group, and digital, and Jeannie Buss formed a partnership to develop new WOW content across a range of unscripted programming and digital formats. In June 2018, it was announced that tapings for the new weekly uh, new weekly program on Access TV titled WOW Women of Wrestling would begin October 10th, 2018 at the Blasco Theater in Los Angeles. Um, episodes were supposed to be airing in early 2019. It debuted that January 18th as part of Access TV's Friday Night's Fights lineup of shows. Uh, Access TV premiered WoW's first television broadcast new content in almost 18 years. So there's a, a big gap on, wow. you know, um, on WoW's history there, which WoW started in 2000. Uh, and uh, the Access uh, uh, TV premiere happened while Women of Wrestling ran for just two seasons on Access TV. In June 2020, the series was canceled following Access's TV's acquisition by Anthem Sports and Entertainment, the parent mm-hmm. company of Impact Wrestling. Um, so that's what happened. And then on October 6, 2021, it was announced that Viacom CBS had entered into a multi-year distribution agreement for WoW that will see new episodes produced for weekend syndication on 160 U.S. TV stations, CBS or the CW affiliates owned by Viacom CBS or Sinclair Broadcast Group mm-hmm. with new episodes starting go. fall 2022. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Sinclair Broadcast Group was the ones who just sold Ring of Honor because they didn't want wrestling on their TV. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's it's a hard game. Um, overall, before these new episodes, uh, WoW produced 88 episodes between 2000 and 2022. 
So um, by no means are they any type of competitive, you know, they're not trying to be the WWE or anything like that, but they are trying to send a positive message out there with empowered women. And this is something that uh, Jeannie Buss has been trying to do with the show for a long time. Uh, the characters are character driven. Um, mm -hmm. You know, these are not the, uh, this is not what you see on, uh, you know, this is the throwback to the, the older eighties type of uh, characters, seventies types of characters, uh, which are kind of, uh, in a sense, superhero type uh, characters, you know, um, and uh, empowered women. So it's, uh, it's great to see that it's back. Um, there are some wonderful wrestlers who, you know, been with wow over, you know, the years. Um, so it's a great, another opportunity for uh, women to get, uh, noticed and get attention and uh hopefully the biggest part of this is to inspire little girls out there to you know become whatever they want to chase their dreams and uh it's uh it's a pretty cool venture the best thing about it is no one is staking their you know their whole reputation their whole claim listen if genie bus starts coming out and doing coked up interviews on te in television <laughs> then we know something went wrong. Okay. So, uh, and you ain't going to get that from her. That's for sure. No, no, no. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, and it's her money. Uh, unlike some daddy's money out there. Just saying. Just saying. All right. Count number two comes to us from TJR wrestling. And, uh, <clears throat> The article is uh, entitled Clarification on Soraya's Role Within AEW. Following her blockbuster AEW debut during Grand Slam Dynamite, there appears to be official confirmation on the in-ring status of Soraya, at least for the time being. Soraya became the latest ex-WWE superstar to make her debut with All Elite Wrestling, debuting with the company during Grand Slam Dynamite as she came to the aid of Athena and Tony Storm against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Jamie Hayter, and Rebel. Though she did not get physically involved, there's hope that Soraya may one day return to the ring. Per Dave Meltzer in this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter, however, it looks as if the former page is still on the injured list. Meltzer noted that Soraya isn't yet cleared, hence why she didn't get physical on Dynamite. Quote, we kept her under contract until her deal expired on 7-7 and AEW had talked with her shortly after that. Tony Khan had promised a surprise or two in the days leading to the show. He had kept her name very quiet. There is no answer to the question as to what role she will play, if she will wrestle regularly, sparingly, or not at all, if she is going to wrestle and can and can go at her prior level, she will be a good addition. But it was notable in her run-in, she didn't touch anyone. And with WWE, not only was she not allowed to wrestle, but nobody was allowed to touch her. We were told that she had not been cleared as of very recently, which would explain not touching anyone, but would like to be cleared. 
Soraya last wrestled on the 27th of December 2017, taking a kick from Sasha Banks, that reckless Sasha Banks and her <laughs> awful, awful kicks during an untelevised live event that ultimately ended her in-ring career. The two-time WWE Divas champion suffered an, imp uh, suffered an impact injury to her neck that prohibited her from competing, leading to a numerous non-wrestling roles in the WWE. Officially left the company on July 7th, though it is stated that WWE was keen to resign her under the new regime before she made her AEW debut. Um, that uh, was chose by me there. I personally uh, find this interesting because this, this is kind of a weird scenario. Um, if the WWE was interested in signing her, then we would assume, because she was already under contract to them before, and wasn't allowed to wrestle that there would have been stipulations of her having to pass or get cleared or whatever the process is for physicals in the wwe now we know that back in the day <laughs> you got injured and you worked the fucking house shows you worked television you worked twice on saturday and five times on sunday man you worked as hurt as possible because you didn't want to lose your spot and there were no guarantees out there. Now we're in the era of guaranteed contracts and uh, people understanding uh, the toll of bodies uh, and uh, especially, you know, not only the physical, but the mental aspect of it too. And we do know that a lot of this came about because Chris Benoit uh, went fucking nuts. And at that point, the WWE started kind of changing its philosophy on things like chair shots, right? We didn't see the chair shots to the head anymore. They banned that stuff. Um, as we've gone on in almost two decades since Benoit's death in 2007, um, they've become very, very strict on what they allow people uh, to do in terms of if they're under contract and you get hurt, they still are allowing you to do some kind of aspect with the company. But at the same time, they are very cautious on the wrestling. And it's twofold. You don't want someone to have a tragic event, whether it you know, be because your brain was injured and you've had so much trauma and you kill someone. Or you get physically hurt in the ring because your neck is frail. Um, this is all very, you know, very important things. And uh, like I, I brought up in wrestling talk, um, Julia Hart took a really bad bump off the apron onto the concrete, uh, basically overshooting the table by a few inches. And um, it, it was nasty and it was bad. And it looked like whiplash and she shit crack her skull open. With that being said, that is not the only time that in an AEW ring, stuff like that has happened. Now, accidents do happen in wrestling. We know that. But when you sign a person to a contract and your intention is to let her wrestle, I don't know if this is the best move for Paige slash Soraya because of the fact that 
all it takes is one person who, for whatever reason, makes a sloppy move. And now we're not talking career being over. Now we're talking paralyzed or your life being ended. So it's very interesting and a very crazy situation in terms of that dynamic of AEW signing her. But yet, apparently, she is still not medically cleared. And the WWE being interested, but apparently didn't get to her soon enough, maybe? Or was it that they just saw the medicals and just still couldn't take that chance? All right, Steve, your take on what's going on. You know AEW pretty well. You're buddy-buddy there with Tony Khan. You've hung out and... You know, you know, bird dog some chicks with him or, you know, whatever. Steve, you have something on your nose. You oh, yeah. Sorry. Nose. There you go. Hanging yeah. out with Tony a little too long. huh? Hey, man. What are your takes on, on Paige, you know, obviously wanting to wrestle and uh, Soraya getting the chance to come back to AEW? So the thing that I find funny, uh, Matt Michaels, is uh, this uh, this report that she's not medically cleared came from one Dave Meltzer, who yep. you don't put any stock into him whatsoever. Yet nope. now you're taking it almost as gospel that she's not able to re to return to the ring. Uh, she actually she tweeted out uh, in response to all of the rumors. Uh, Ignore the dirt cheat clickbait. See you Wednesday. Now, obviously, that doesn't stipulate that she's cleared, but I believe that we are going to hear from her, and she will definitely put all this to rest on Wednesday. Um, I, I definitely don't think that. Tony would have signed her to do anything other than be an in-ring competitor. Um, ultimately, I, there's always that risk of it just taking one one bump, one shot. Um, that's realistically how how anybody is in the ring. Um, obviously, the the risk is extremely elevated given you know uh, Soraya's uh, medical history. Um, that that'd be foolish to you know insinuate otherwise. However, uh, I, I firmly believe that she has weighed all of the, uh, the risks and the positives and negatives. And I, it, obviously, AEW's medical team had to have cleared her for in-ring competition. Uh, otherwise, she wouldn't have gotten, you know, keep in mind how much money Tony it probably paid her, Okay. He, I guarantee that he didn't pay her several million dollars to just be a mouthpiece or to be a valet for somebody. Yeah, but at uh, the same time, Steve, let's remember, this is the same guy who paid how much for Big Show, how much for Mark Henry. That, I'll, I'll say, is is questionable. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is uh, he did pay for the licensing for the entrance music uh, from Falling in Reverse, who... Yes, it happens to be her boyfriend, husband, whatever Ronnie Radke is. Um, but yeah, the the vocalist of Falling in Reverse uh, is, um, you know, he's I, he's in a relationship with with Soraya of some kind. Um, like I said, I don't know if they're married yet or if they're just boyfriend girlfriend. But nonetheless, Tony paid for the licensing for that song, which was actually. A very, very popular song. So I doubt that the royalties were cheap for that entrance music. Um, so, yes, I get your points about uh, TK signing Big Show and, and signing Mark Henry and all that kind of stuff. I get it. Um, but realistically speaking, I don't think that he would have 
done the things that he did uh, and given such the platform that he did if there was not intention on bringing her back to an in-ring capacity. Simon, uh, when you, you know, when you think about this and uh, John in the chat, um, you know, he said neck injuries are no joke, like with Edge and Brian Danielson for his concussions. A lot has changed in the medical field once they were all medically disqualified before. You still got to be careful because one bad bump means paralysis. Now, one of the things that we really have never talked about and honestly never thought about, to be quite honest, because it's never really been something that has been, um, you know, in the forefront of women's wrestling is a major injury like this. Now, a guy like Edge can come back from the neck surgery, but Edge is also, you know, a 280-pound, 260-pound, whatever he is, guy. Um, with a lot of built-up muscle. Paige is not a very muscular woman by any means. Um, So the question then becomes, with a neck which is very frail like that, is it even more of a risk putting her desire to wrestle versus the reality of can she wrestle with there potentially being a higher chance of paralysis just because she is not, uh, you know, a muscular bulked up person. And again, necks are very tricky. It could happen even to, you know, the most uh, bulked up Arnold Schwarzenegger person. They can, you know, be paralyzed from a neck injury. But at the same time, when you're working with sloppy workers, or you're working with inexperienced workers, that's a big risk. What do you see as the benefits versus the dangers that she's about to put herself into? Well, you know, you, you pose a very interesting question. And, you know, um, I'd like to go ahead and incite some material from PubMed.gov. Uh, no, it's not a pub where you drink, but it's actually a publication for medical uh advice and when they talked about neck injuries uh you know competitions are are you know compared to women are they more fragile uh in abstract this was reported on pubmed.gov recent studies indicate numerous differences between female and male athletes regarding injuries of the upper and lower extremities studies have been much less clear concerning on gender differential regarding injuries of these uh, cervical spines For the purpose of the current review, injuries have been divided into three categories. The first category is cervical strain injury. It has been reported that the strain injuries are more prevalent in female athletes than in male athletes. The second category is cervical disc injury and cervical disc herniation. Um, In this report, the male two female instances is approximately equal in this category. Now, the third category, which is referred to as major structural injury, studies to date have almost entirely reported on injuries in males showing a significant more prominence. With increasing participation of women in contact sports that cause major structural injury, a greater incidence of these injuries may be seen in women. And so that's just a little bit of excerpt of an abstract study that was done by PubMed. Um, 
I have lots of women in my family who are sports athletes. And for a long time, uh, you know, it has been said that, you know, high impact sports or our high strenuous sports, particularly knee injuries, are more prone with women than men. Now, we don't know what that is and based on physiology and whatnot, and I'm not an expert in that one, but I have seen in those instances where that is more prone. Getting back to your question with with um, with Paige or Paige, with Soraya, um, the interesting thing with her is, is if I'm not mistaken, I wasn't able to substantiate that because I couldn't find it, but she does suffer from a form of scoliosis, if I'm not mistaken, in her past. We also know that she actually has been wrestling since the tender age of 12 to 13 years old. Um, that, in combined with scoliosis, not to say that she hasn't been able to overcome, but that can do a lot of permanent damage over time. With her neck injury that she has, um, it's very, very safe to say that she must proceed with caution. And that is including the company that she is associated with. Something that was mentioned a little bit earlier that I want to preface is that you know, WWE possibly was was going to have her sign or resign or stay signed with WWE upon the new regime, but decided to go with AEW. Now, here's the interesting thing about that that pops in my head. WWE is always going to make sure that they well they have the proper infrastructure to be able to facilitate someone if they were to come back in, in ring competition it can be safely done we're going to put you with the right people we're going to make sure that we take all the precautions uh, precautions necessary to make sure that you don't ensure ensue another injury that could be costly now with aew matt michaels you've been the number one worst critic but unfortunately that has been to a lot of incidences that have happened in aew's time on television does aew have the infrastructure that they're supposed to have to ensure that these injuries don't take place? Are they gonna eliminate her if she does come back in a ring competition for high spots or certain things that could put her at a high percentage risk to re-injure her? Time will tell. I hope for her, my personal opinion, is that she comes in, starts off extremely slow. I think it's great for AEW to have her around. She has other things that she does offer in the meantime, such as color commentary would be great. She can also be a, a, you know, a, a manager capacity to some degree. Don't immediately have her get in the ring because, yes, these injuries, as I said earlier, particularly in the first category, are more prominently shown than males. So that's some concern. And that's pretty much all I have. Pretty in-depth, I think. Yeah, and I think that echoes uh, Scoop uh, in the chat. Just uh, said I hope they... Uh, bring her, book her uh, slow and easy, bring her back slow and easy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think we all want to see her compete if she can compete, but we all want her to compete at the safest level. I think the only other really prominent women's neck injury that I can remember is when Lita did it. Uh, yeah. When he was uh, working on stunts. Yep. Uh, and, um, you know, that wasn't even in the ring. That was a Huda Karana, you know, during a stunt. Um, but she was also able to come back and again, a little bit of difference is Lita was a physically built woman, whereas pages is very, you know, um, not, not taking away toughness or anything. It's just her build is, is totally different, which is one of the things that makes her unique. Um, Mm -hmm. so, uh, and how uh, how soon will TK sign Brad Maddox to a referee position? Oh my gosh, I knew that was going to come out. 
Oh boy! Well, when they signed Joey Ryan to be a uh, a female valet. Wow. All right, count three. This comes from uh, Fox Sports. WWE's White Rabbit Easter eggs feed fans a funny mystery. Uh, and it is done by WWE's own Ryan Satan, um, a fourth <laughs> WWE analyst. Uh, it starts with a quote from the song White Rabbit. When logic and proportion have fallen sloppy dead and the white knight is talking backwards and the red, red queen's off with her head. Remember what the dormouse said, feed your head, feed your head. The song White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane blared ominously through arenas at WWE events over the weekend and fans were quick to realize it was the start of a new unique tease. The mystery then continued this week on Raw in the background of a mundane shot when fans noticed a QR code with the words, come with me, written above. That QR code led fans to a website featuring a puzzling video. So, what could this all mean? The leading theories point to a returning Bray Wyatt. Triple H has been rehiring popular superstars since taking over as head of creative, and many fans had been hopeful Wyatt would be next. As you'll recall, the 35-year-old fan favorite was released in July of last year. His last match took place at WrestleMania 37. Now, with this week's White Rabbit video, hope is at an all-time high, and there appear to be clues suggesting his involvement. Uh, Ryan had uh, put up his uh, little thread here. He's got a Twitter thing going. Uh, he said, I searched who killed the world on Google, and it's apparently mentioned twice in Mad Max Fury Road. Someone analyzing what the phrase possibly meant wrote this about it, and there's a whole long thing about <laughs> the uh, killing of the world. Uh, there's been speculation it's been Karrion Cross being involved. The video teaser features an hourglass in the corner, a key part of his character, and the wrestler himself was formerly known as the White Rabbit on El Ray Channel's Lucha Underground program. Furthermore, Cross has referred to himself as the people executioner, and now the mystery involves a game of hangman. Personally, as I suggested in this week's WWE Raw Roundup podcast, I think there's a chance the video is teasing something involving both. Either way, this is the type of engaging content wrestling fans long for. The kind of story you want to discuss with your friends. Kind of story you remember because it made you think. Well, apparently, uh, you know, it, it also builds, uh, also treats the audience like they're smart, keen viewers rather than fans who need everything spoon fed to them. More importantly, if you don't want to go down the rabbit hole, you don't have to. Fans who don't notice the QR code, don't read social media, or don't care to figure out the mystery can still enjoy the product. Those of us who love this kind of stuff, however, can be engaged for weeks uh, with the right teases and clues. Uh, it's the perfect example of using the internet to build interest in something while at the same time rewarding viewers who pay close attention. This is what made shows like Lost and Westworld popular. Fans would flock to message boards after an episode and decipher every little clue, hoping they'd somehow connect to the bigger picture. In the case of Lost, a lot of those answers never came. In the case of Westworld, fans somehow solved the mystery weeks ahead of time. 
Both instances, however, made the experience fun for fans of all levels. If I had to guess, I'd say the tease of 923, the date of SmackDown this week, will simply be another clue, not a full-blown reveal, since they can drag this out for weeks. Uh, I expect the White Rabbit to show themselves at Extreme Rules. Until that happens, I'll keep going down the rabbit hole searching for more. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of uh, stuff going on there with Ryan and uh, his theories. In fact, on the SmackDown, um, it did lead to coordinates. And those coordinates are this coming Raw's coordinates. So they're playing a pretty cool game. Steve, this is your article. What do you think about that white rabbit? So this type of thing has been done for years and years. Um, obviously, uh, you know, with video games, I know that Halo 2 uh, had something very similar uh, with mm -hmm. the I Love Bees alternate reality game. Uh, Nine Inch Nails uh, released a concept album in 2007 called Year Zero, and um, that was um, the, that was essentially uh, brought about by a fan finding a tour shirt, a, a, a Nine Inch Nails t-shirt uh, from the tour that they were on that contained highlighted letters that spelled out certain things, and so then they linked it back to a website, and so... Yeah, you're going to have people that are just going to co-op this and just blast it up and make this into a huge, huge thing. Uh, and it truly is an alternate reality game. Um, so, I mean, using QR codes, using coordinates, this kind of stuff. And this is one thing that's really cool for me personally is this kind of stuff really gets at the hardcore, the nerds, you know, the people that are that want to dive in head first into this yet at the same time, it's not, you know, blasting the casual fans with it over their heads to where, you know, they're bombarded with this stuff and, Oh, well, what the fuck do I do with this or that? But it, it allows viewers to essentially play a sub game and get immersed in even more reality. Um, so I think that that is, I, I really hope WWE does this kind of stuff um, with other things as well and in different ways, of course. Um, a couple of things that were very interesting. Uh, Bray Wyatt's special effects and concept artist, Kyle Scarborough, who helped him create and design the uh, and create the design for the Fiend character, uh, I guess he teased a brand new character on social media. Um, and it's a, uh, it's an image of a white rabbit with some messed up teeth. Um, and yeah, it has the caption of feed your head. So it plays right into everything that's going on. But then you also have people that are, uh, going on long rants and threads saying how the white rabbit is in this case, uh, the, the white rabbit is edge. This guy has a thread where uh, the promo on Raw with the hangman, the first letter that spells out is demon, which is linked to Finn Balor. The second promo, it, after beating the game, when you get to the red door, the word is patricide. Dom turned on his father, Ray. And uh, I guess that there was a leaked promo where uh showed a rabbit getting carried away in the riptide at, after playing tic-tac-toe, which obviously is Rhea Ripley's finisher. Um, yeah, I... 
it, it's fun to be able to hear everybody's little, you know, storylines and, and see how everybody just grasps for straws on all this kind of stuff. It's, it's really funny. And I swear to God, I genuinely hope that this is leading to a Bray Wyatt return for WWE. And if it's not, if it does happen to be someone like an edge or somebody else, yeah, that is really going to bat going to be bad for them and it's going to blow up in their faces for sure hmm. you've, you've built you've built up this whole this whole movement and this game and now who knows so what what are your thoughts uh, does it make sense that would be bray wyatt uh is there anyone else out there that might fit the mold and uh you know might surprise people uh is is this a sign mjf is coming to wwe well, all I know, the closest thing we ever had to demon worshipers uh, has been Vince McMahon back in the day when he had his own church. Um, but outside of that, man, uh, I've been following this a little bit. And incidentally enough, I will disclose a little bit of information. Uh, you know, on some of my past journeys of expanded planes of the mind based on small nibbles of peanut butter mushrooms, I'll leave it at that. This song has been in a playlist, and uh, my thoughts uh, went and reflected back in moments of listening to this song and the lyrics, particularly for me, verse three, which is interesting because it kind of goes along with the cross theory people have been talking about. And I'll say it as such in verse three. When the men on the chessboard get up and tell you where to go, and you have just some kind of mushroom, and your mind is moving low, go ask Alice. I think she'll know. It's very interesting because Karrion Cross for many times is talking about chosen ones and people were chosen. Um, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, the men on the chessboard telling you where to go. Now, obviously, the song references more to police, you know, and hippies and whatnot when they were squatting back in the day. So we know that's what the song is. But man, this is interesting. But for me, one thing that you guys didn't mention that I really want to see is, again, WWE in the past has had small, great things like this, but either ran out of exhaust or didn't follow through all the way and left us trying to put together the pieces for a puzzle we can't put together. So with this new regime, I hope that they learn from past mistakes, follow through all the way, or give a finality of what it could be. Is it Edge? I have no earthly idea. Is it Bray Wyatt? I hope the hell so. But my oh my. It is interesting, and WWE is being smart because this is what the world is. If you look at all types of social media, and it started with us gamers, Easter eggs is a thing. It was big in games. You had mentioned earlier with Halo, and that's why we all smiled. But also, too, if you look at Marvel, Marvel has tons of these Easter eggs. Oh, yeah. Movies now are having these Easter eggs because you want to be able to connect your audience and engage them to go down the rabbit hole. And so that, my friends, is going to be surely interesting to where that happens. I just hope you have your pocket watches in times because tick tock, tick tock, the rabbit has to get through. I think you all are missing the obvious. It is bad bunny. No oh God. That would be funny. That would be extremely funny. Y'all okay. <laughs> so hyped on Bray Wyatt and it's bad bunny the white rabbits coming back hey if that's the case that's a hell of a goddamn way to come through have him go face logan paul 
Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with this. It's definitely uh, caused the attention they wanted it to uh, cause. And it is integrating a new method. Um, again, if you look at the two companies, the difference between the two is that now the WWE have no handcuffs on them. And they can try whatever the fuck they want to try. Before, it, stuff was started by creative guys but then once vince picked up on something and he didn't like this or wanted this or totally wanted something else that's how it worked on dr phil's show all right we'd go in and we'd you know be booking something and you know four days before the show was supposed to tape the guy would all of a sudden say you know now i want crack core transvestites instead of you know homeowning uh you know people who can't afford their mortgage so you know <laughs> the the Sometimes the craziness of the, you know, the ultra, the ultra male uh, on top of the hierarchy uh, can really fuck shit up. And um, hopefully that this is kind of a, uh, a you know, something that isn't uh, GTV from back in the day where, you know, they're, they're shooting segments and then Goldust is gone. And now what do we do with GTV? Eh, just it's gone. Uh, so, um, and, uh, you know, it, 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 we, we already saw edge come back. We already saw him teased. So if he's the white rabbit, then what the fuck, um, doesn't really matter. Carrying cross. It doesn't matter. Cause he's already in it. You know, these guys are already involved in storylines. So, you know, that's the whole thing. Um, unless it's, something totally different like a new video game or a new show they're doing or something like that where it's it's not actually wrestling related in ring with a character uh you know if if they don't deliver on it um then we're gonna find out that the uh the 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 hooded source the guy behind it all when the Undertaker kidnapped Stephanie, oh man, so many rumors. Oh, it was Brother Love. It was Jake Roberts because they were the ones who brought in <laughs> the Undertaker. And oh, look, it was oh shit, the White Rabbit is Vince. He's coming back on TV. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The Vegas Bad Boys have solved. The mystery of who the white rabbit is and uh i'm sure that uh when it turns out to be vince you'll all be kissing our asses and going god these guys are geniuses so uh thank y'all all just right in the check just in the check just send the check that's right <laughs> simon, simon he, he got he's got some uh he's got some things you gotta pay steve's got some things you gotta pay i got some things i gotta pay and dj impact needs new white slippers so yep. the white rabbit oh, there you, go. Hey, there you go. Are are we sure that DJ Impact himself is not the White Rabbit? He might be the White Rabbit. I mean, he has a white robe as well. Since since they've been doing these clues, he hasn't been on the show. That's right. That's right. And all coordinates might point to where he actually is right now. Exactly. So uh, if you guys do see uh, DJ Impact out and about. Uh, and uh, just uh, approach him, and he'll give you two tickets to WrestleMania. There you go. Ooh. Yep. How about that? So if he's in find, the Midwest, you say? I don't know. You got to find these coordinates. But he has to be at the venue where the coordinates are of the White Rabbit, 
And you have to approach him and ask him for WrestleMania tickets, and he will or will not give you those on the spot. That's what it is. We've solved it, gentlemen. DJ Impact himself is the White Rabbit. Yeah, and uh, uh, I just can't wait. I can't wait to see Vince just pull off. And he comes comes out in a white bunny suit, right? (laughs) It's just the fucking, you know, an Easter bunny outfit, and he pulls out, I'm the White Rabbit. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. Fuck all you. You thought this was over. <laughs> oh, that would be great. All right. Final thoughts as we end three count here for the week. Simon Street. Uh, pretty much, man. Uh, it's great to be a wrestling fan. And with that said, let us uh, always make sure that we remember uh, the things we have in common and less on the differences in the way we think. We're people at the end of the day. And our thoughts are our own. But as long as we act forward with kindness and compassion, the world could be a lot more tolerable than you think. There you go. All right, Sin City. All right. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing. Uh, All the great comments in the chat. Shout outs to Scoop. Shout outs to John. Um, Yeah, always. You guys always bring great conversation into the chat. So thank you. also, very special thank you to all the brave men and women serving this country, whether you're doing it on lands foreign or domestic. Thank you for doing what you do so that we can do what we love to do. And last but not least, repsports.com, R-E-P-P-Sports.com. Go there for all your pre-workout, weight loss, and general energy needs. Again, that's repsports.com. Use promo code Vegas at checkout and save yourself 15%. There you go. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, again, listen to the Vegas Bad Boys of podcasting every week as we put out new contact and, content. And we are, of course, live uh, most Sundays at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your loved ones, and tell the White Rabbit so he knows where to find us. Until next week, everyone. Happy wrestling to you all out there. And hey. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.